Welcome back to Unfiltered with A and C. This week we have some pretty interesting topics to discuss. Oligopoly of grocery stores, weekly tech 101, some conversative discussion on various topics between Anthony and myself. Anthony is going to take us through our weekly dark and unsolved topic. And before that, why don't we go ahead and Anthony lead us into some fun facts. Absolutely, let's get it going. So, the first fact I got this week is Steve Jobs offered Linus Torvalds, the creator of Linux, a job at Apple, under the condition that he stopped developing Linux. He declined the job offer. Hmm. So, that's why we still have Linux. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. I didn't know that. Uh, Next fact would be, of the eight known polar bear and grizzly bear hybrids, all of them are descended from the same mother polar bear. So what does that mean for the future of them? um, Good question. They all share similar genetics and inbreeding. Yeah, I wonder if they can ever fix that. If over time it'll wear itself back to where they don't have like genetic defects and stuff like that. Yeah, this 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 polar bear here is just getting around. <laughs> Freeding off eight hybrids out of her. Yeah. Thing. Uh, next fact is uh Francium is the second rarest naturally occurring element on Earth. Just as little as one ounce, or 20 to 30 grams for our non-American viewers, of this element exists at any given time throughout the Earth's crust. It's so rare because it's unstable, and its most stable isotope has a half-life of just 22 minutes. Okay, so that's whenever it's... Once it hits 22 minutes, it's starting to break down and turn into a different substance. Yep. That's the most stable one. So. It's here for a good time, not a long time. (laughs) What's it used then, or what's it used for? Oh, dude, I have no damn clue. (laughs) (laughs) Probably nothing. Look at it, and that's it. Yeah, basically. I mean, it comes from uranium, so. We use that. <laughs> I don't think we use Francine itself. It's just not something usable. Yeah. The next one I got is alarm clocks did exist before the snooze function. So there was already a standard gear setup that innovators had to work with. Getting the gear teeth to line up to allow for exactly 10 minutes wasn't possible. So they chose to set it at 9 minutes and a few seconds. That's okay. something I like to abuse every morning. <laughs> yeah. You gotta hit snooze a couple times anyway. Yeah, I mean, I gave up on the snooze button. I just set myself like 90 
alarms now. Yeah, I, I turned snooze off on them, isn't it? You or no, it's it's reoccurring or something on the alarm. Because I think alarms can loop as well. Mm-hmm. No, I just have an alarm for like every fifteen minutes of the day. I yeah. just check them on and off. <laughs> <laughs> Next fact is, in 1926, a United States Marine Corps sergeant named Faustin E. Workus, stationed in Haiti, was claimed king of Laganave by the inhabitants of the island after he saved their queen from drowning. His reign ended when the United States Marine Corps transferred him back to the U.S. mainland in 1929. Hmm. So, what was the what was the total impact? Did you know? That? Nah, I mean, he saved their queen and he became king. Oh, okay. <laughs> Swartz out. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> it's pretty cool. He was king for three years. Yeah. And our final fact of the week is contrary to what everybody thinks, if you park your car in a dark spot at night, the chances of theft are smaller because thieves don't like to use flashlights. <laughs> That's funny. That's, I guess it makes sense, though. I mean, if you see somebody walking with a flashlight, they stand out. Yeah, I mean, if somebody's just looking in a car with a flashlight. <laughs> yeah. Definitely not. Especially where I live, especially, somebody's going to come up, hey, you need any help? Walked outside of your car. <laughs> they might end up with help. <laughs> Unknowingly. Play, play your cards right. Oh, yeah. Unknowingly committing GTA. <laughs> Good times. I guess that leads us into our first official topic this night, tonight, which is oligopoly of the grocery store, which is something that's really fun for me. Um, for those of you who don't know, I majored in economics in college. This is actually this topic comes from a report I wrote for a class. So, something I like to think I have a little bit of knowledge on. <clears throat> report got an A, so. <laughs> yeah, that's really cool. So, for those of you who don't know what an oligopoly is, it's like a monopoly, but instead of one company having it, it's a small number of companies controlling most of the market. So, when I say oligopoly, I'll just have you name things. So, like, name a brand that you buy. It's Coca-Cola. That falls under. Another one? Craft. Falls under it. Okay. You can name me any like as like specific as you want a brand of like food item. Food. And it, yeah, it just most likely falls under one of these companies. Okay. Let's see. Purdue. It's the chicken industry, yep. Meat industry is oligopolized. Okay. Let's do so any local though. What about like you go up to the store and it's some like only this shop and save and in like a 
random rural town has this brand. It's from like a local farm or something. Probably. I mean, what I'm looking at here comes down to the fact of it starts at the beginning. So it starts your bread is most likely farmed off of monopolized materials in the sense that GMO seeds are owned by a company named Monsanto. And Monsanto is not the greatest company in the world. Um, they invented Agent Orange. So they're those guys. Okay. Um, they've sued farmers. If a seed somehow gets carried by the wind into another farmer's field, who doesn't have consent of Monsanto to plant their seeds and hasn't paid for that seed, they will sue them. That's incredible. So it starts at that level and moves its way up. To the fact that you have what you think competing brands, but they're all under the same company. So I'm going to use the chip aisle as an example. So when you go down the chip aisle, you see Lay's, you see Tostitos, Fritos, Cheetos, Doritos, Ruffles, Sun Chips. Every brand I just named is owned by Pepsi. Okay. So is there a line that separates Pepsi and Coca-Cola? PepsiCo and Coca-Cola. Yeah, they, they divided a long line. There's two of the ten companies that basically own most of what you're going to buy at a grocery store. Okay. So the ten companies are Pepsi, General Mills, Kellogg's, not so much here, but Associate British Foods, Mondelez, which was formerly Kraft, now Kraft has their own thing with Kraft Heinz, Mars, Dannon, Unilever, and Nestle. So, <clears throat> it's like anything you can think of in terms of brand name things, they're going to be owned by one of these companies. Hmm. And it's crazy to think that because these companies could easily work together to jack up prices. Well, I, yeah, and that's definitely, there's more to that that I could elaborate from a technical aspect to on the software side that can also amplify those capabilities. Mm -hmm. It's crazy to look at the map of it and just see where it all leads to. So as you know, Nestle is pretty big into the water. They got Nestle Pure Life, Poland Springs is them. Poland Springs is known by many names throughout the country. You got Sapphire Springs, Deer Park. It's it's all the same. Same company. It's all Nestle. <clears throat> and then you have your Dasani and Aquafinas. And then your fancier things, Evian and Smartwater. Just all fall under. So basically, if it's not a store brand water, you're most likely buying from one of these companies with water. 
Like the simplest thing you can buy. Bottles of water. Yeah. <clears throat> it doesn't stop there. You know Kellogg's and General Mills, they own cereal. <laughs> so, when you yeah, think of cereal, they're coming from those two companies, mainly. And I'll take you down another aisle. So, when you think of competing brands in the name of cookies, who do you think are two competitors? Like, they're going head-to-head with each other. Uh, who's Chips Ahoy? Kellogg. Isn't Kellogg? Mm-hmm. Chips Ahoy competes with there's a bunch of different, like, chocolate chip cookies that compete. Chips Ahoy being the leader, it seems. As far as, like, name brand goes. Mm. You could even do, like, Alberta's Beef Jerky versus Jack Link's Beef Jerky. How about that? Actually, I don't think either of those are on the list. Oh, really? Okay. So beef jerky is in the oligopolized portion. Yeah, they're <laughs> kind of smaller guys in the game, I, I guess. It is a niche market. Yeah. It comes to that. So, in terms of cookies, you said Chips Ahoy. So, Chips Ahoy, Nutter Butter, Oreo, Oreo, Nella Wafers, even Teddy Grahams and Minute Maid. True. They're, they're all Mondelei. Oh, okay. So they they don't have competition in that sector. For the most part, you have your smaller brands, and your local brands, stuff like that, but for the most part, they're competing against themselves. Which just absolutely crazy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. I think the biggest thing when it comes to competition would be candy. The candy aisle is diverse with Hershey being not on this list because Hershey focus on confectionaries and that is about it. I don't think Hershey makes anything outside of that. I mean, we have locally Hershey ice cream. That's not owned by the same company. That's just the last name of the dude who owned the dairy farm. Yeah, and they collaborate. Like they collaborate with Snyder's for to do the pretzels. So in terms of the chips, Snyder's, Uts, they're non-monopolized, but they're all from the same place, which is Lancaster County in Pennsylvania. So, okay. snack food capital. Yeah. Why? I don't know where Wise is from. Uh, it's a good question. They're kind of... They're not the best options, in my opinion, but... They're there. Uh, looked them up. Berwick, Pennsylvania. <laughs> See, I mean, you like your snacks. You're most likely eating things that come out of our state. So. Yeah. Which is pretty cool. But in terms of it, it's weird just to think that you go to a store and you go and you just see aisles upon aisles and products upon products, like hundreds of different options. And knowing that 10 companies own probably around 90% of that <coughs> makes you think. 
and it doesn't it doesn't stop at that type of stuff. Eighty percent of all beef is owned by four different companies. I've heard that, and chickens. I think chickens the same way. Chickens slightly better at fifty eight percent. So it just okay. it goes beer. If you name a beer brand, two competing beer brands that aren't like the big names, you know, you know, Budweiser and Coors are two different brands. Yeah. But just say two random brands right now. Don't even think about them. Just go. Mm, man, saying those, not, uh, can we do craft? Some. Sam Adams. Yangling. Um, you could do Heineken, you could do, man, there's so many, and I can't think of them, of course, on the spot. So far, you've named one bigger brand. Yingling and Sam Adams have their own individual breweries still, which is yeah. impressive to think about. Sam Adams, I think, I think they're Prairie Union, too. They, like, top that. Mm -hmm. So... I don't think they'll be going mainstream anytime soon. But, um, I mean, you got Coors Light, you, Coors Ultra, the whole family of Coors. You have the Budweiser family. You have the Bush family. Um, Bush and Budweiser in the same family. Okay. Owned by the same company. Nickelode. Nickelode is owned by the same company as Budweiser. Okay. What else are people out there typically drinking? We could even go into... Nah, because it's different. I was going to say Coors, but... So, under Anheuser-Busch, you have Budweiser, Bud Light, obviously... Bush, obviously, and Bush Light. Michelob, Labatt's, Natural Light, Rolling Rock. Then they get into their craft brands, which I won't name them all off, but the one that I see the most is Goose Island and Shock and Top, which is like the orange slice do with the Mohawk. So they to think those are under Anheuser-Busch is kind of crazy. Yeah. No, Shock Top has a really good apple brew that I remember. I'd throw that out there. So then they also are in charge of import brands, such as Corona, Stella Artois, which, again, pretty big names. Modelo. Mm -hmm. Yeah, generally people know those names, I would say. It brings you into Heineken, which is Heineken, Dosakis, Sol, Tecate, Amstelite. Your your kind of niche beers. And that moves into Molson Coors, which is Molson, Coors Lake, Coors, Keystone, Miller, all the Miller lines, Milwaukee's Best, Blue Moon, Line and Kegels. So Basically drinking from most likely four beer brands. Huh. 
<coughs> so it's just not the aisles themselves. We've seen it go outside of the grocery store and the fact that Pepsi owns KFC, Taco Bell, and Pizza Hut. So they're wow. moving out of the grocery store and actually near streets. I, I actually didn't know that. Yeah, there's theories they did that because none of the other brands would sell Pepsi products over Coke in their restaurants. Which, if you think about it, I don't think anybody else does sell Pepsi. Yeah. Trying to think. Yeah. No, everyone else seems to be... Like, if you go to KFC, they sell... No, they do sell Pepsi. Mm-hmm. That's why Taco Bell is able to come out with Baja Blast stuff. Like that. It's because Pepsi owns them. Yeah, okay. It's not special for Taco Bell. It's special because Pepsi owns them. It's like, okay, we'll give you a little thing that you can market off of. <laughs> and then they brought that into the store and made more money with it. Well, it's good for all involved in it, really. <laughs> but I just think, like, the chip aisle is so messed up. Yeah. Like, you would think Lay's and Ruffles, those were two different brands. Because those are the two big name brand potato chips. Yeah, that's what I thought. Any store in America is going to um, hold those two brands on our shelves. And I always thought, okay, those two compete against each other. It's the same company. Yeah, it's funny because they, in the aisles, most of the chip aisles, I recall, Lay's and Ruffles were on the top shelf facing each other. Almost as if, like, yeah, they're competing. Like, the store set it up like that. Yep. I yep. remember that. It's, it's not on purpose. They want you to have that decision. Like, ooh, Lay's and Ruffles. Top shelf item. These are the best of the best. Which one do I want? And it doesn't matter which one you pick. The money's going to Pepsi. <laughs> <laughs> you don't have a choice if you're choosing out of those two. Your money's going to the same company. So we really moved away from smaller brands being in our stores. As they got bought up and just massive conglomerates of things like Unilever is in the food industry, but when you look at outside of the food industry, Unilever and Procter and Gamble are basically your soaps, toothpaste, stuff like that. And so Unilever's got its skin in the game in both sides of that, which is crazy to think about. Yeah. It's I'm just thinking of, like, it has me thinking of everything now, like, just running through a store. <laughs> Your safest aisle, honestly, is milk. Okay. They're milk all is, independent. Yeah, they're all going to be independent local dairies, most likely. Outside of Dean. Dean's pretty big. I know Dean's going under, actually, I think. What's the one California cows are happy cows? Um... What brand is that? They're everywhere, and you know they're not. <laughs> they're, we have them here, and we're clearly not. We're across the country from there. I think it's a little different for you, though, on the other side of the state, where you're more mountainous and woods. It's harder to grow or raise dairy cows there. Yeah. Whereas where I live, 
we just got multiple bears. Yeah. No, we... Supply chain is definitely weird, especially shipping and everything else here. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... Yeah. Ritz. Trisket. Wheat Thins. Same company. Crackers are monopolized. Just remember that. If you don't pull anything else out of this conversation, just know that your crackers are monopolized. (laughs) Your crackers are monopolized. Oh, yeah. 2023 by you. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, yogurt's heavily monopolized, I think. When I said Dan and people kind of just assume yogurt was going to be on the list. Yeah. I mean, Yoplait is, is in Virginia Mills, so there's a little competition there. But Activa, Dan in itself, Light and Fit, that's all stand. Same with Lycos. Yeah. You can't escape from Yogurt game. <laughs> Unilever well, owns ice cream, so there's that. Yeah. Unless you, I think, live here. I don't know if you get Turkey Hill up near you. I don't. I don't think so. See, that's what we have here. We have Turkey Hill ice cream. And no one really buys Briars. We have Briars, Blue Bunny, Hershey's. Hershey's is extremely popular here. Um, Blue Bunny is like a premium option though. <laughs> I'm looking for Blue Bunny on the list. Are they their own little thing? It's just interesting to see that because you got Popsicle, Klondike, Ben and Jerry's, Good Humor. It's basically, your ice cream aisle right there <laughs> <laughs> with brothers. Yeah. No, who would the... So, like, candy bars. So, Twix. Candy bar also has a Twix ice cream bar. Would that be under the same manufacturer? I would assume yes. Okay. Um, I mean, because they are completely branded the same. Yeah, I would assume Mars does both. I wonder if Mars has an ice cream brand that they just pull from. Um, doesn't look like it. Mars does own Uncle Ben's, which is a very random thing to own. That's like the one thing they own outside of candy. <laughs> but yeah, I don't see Blue Bunny. Unless I'm missing it. Were you talking about Sunny Cow, by the way? Is that the milk? Uh, the, it's their, I don't know the name of the milk. It's, uh, their slogans like California cows are happy cows. <laughs> they always say it in their commercials and everything. Yeah, I, I, just, I just find it weird that we have it here. Cause it's like, how logistically, how does that make sense? You'd have to like fly it across the country. Or, I, I would imagine. I don't know what brand it is. It is uh, 
Happy Dairy Cows come from California. Happy Dairy. I think that's it. Happy Cows. It's interesting. (laughs) Yeah. No, I've been out there a lot, and you see it. Obviously, you see it there too, but Mm. we have it. We had it in our local store, our local, I think it was the Riverside. I see. Yeah. So that's so, a whole other conversation. We're not at grocery stores in our state alone. It's just ridiculous. The battles get pretty physical. Well, not physical, but <laughs> heated, to say the very least. But yeah, next it, time you walk to the grocery store, Remember, most likely one of the ten companies. Yeah, it's really interesting to bring that up. But going back on the the heated part of it, though, um, moving into our next segment of Tech One Hundred and One this week, uh, there is a little bit of controversy over um, AI and regulating it. Um, I think a, a good, I guess, header for this would be science versus fear. You know, there's going to be, a, I guess there's going to be a, a balance in a sense. You know, we don't want to uh, just go crazy doing whatever at once. And it's generally probably not a good thing to have that. <laughs> but you also at what extent does limiting research become a problem as well? And I think that that's kind of like that back and forth pull that we're seeing recently in the tech world. I mean, it's, it's been for a while. People have had these opinions for a while, but I mean, with the chat GPT, we've talked about it numerous times. I'm working with it and have an API key for it so that I can write software utilizing the, other models that OpenAI offers. But I think a lot of people have the issue with that because it's, you know, just any random person can go on there. All I did was I had a, a email account and I went on there and I signed in with my email account, signed up with my email account, activated my account. It was good to go. At that point, I had free access to uh, the chat bot and talking to it. Um, and then from there, I could go into the developer side of it and start requesting API access. And all the request was is a button that says request, and it automatically grants the request and gives you your key. Um, now, if I have access to that that easily, so does anyone else with <laughs> any intention. So I understand the fear side of this but I really walk eggshells whenever I you know come from the, a pro fear stance because it's once you get a pro fear I feel like you're pulling the, the ropes on science and how far it can advance which may save lives but may also cost the potential of saving them it's interesting yeah, there, there's a lot of back and forth, and I feel like it's definitely a debate. 
to, that anyone could have. You just got to have the, the facts on it. Because, I mean, definitely, you know, you look at, like, brain surgery and stuff. I don't want to spiral too far out. But with brain surgery specifically, I think a lot of it's done robotically. And I bet you if you look into those programs, if you were allowed to, there would be a certain level of artificial intelligence built into those for, you know, to make sure that corrections are made. I'm sure every brain is different. And if it comes over a surface or whatever, and it needs to make a correction, it can potentially save somebody's life. So, I mean, from that, you know, you look at it from that standpoint, it's like AI is doing good things here. It's doing stuff that, it's enabling humans to do more than what we would be able to do on our own. It's creating a precision. It's kind of like a nice additive to the human, but I think that's where it has to remain. And I think that's what a lot of people are afraid of. Is that will it remain there? And when will somebody weaponize it? Yeah. You look at anything, you can self-weaponize it. So it's only a matter of time. Yeah. So, I mean, at this point, even if you were to, let's say, uh, regulate AI research, um, you're just really going to slow the inevitable down. I mean, people are going to find, the right people that want to do it are going to find a way around it, and they're they're going to go the proper channels to get access or, you know, now that it's been open sourced, I'm sure people have archives of it all over the place. So to shut it down now, you're really only going to stop people from the updates here on out because they already have the current version. Mm-hmm. So I don't know if you can control it at this point other than just hope that a lot of good comes from it and kind of take the punches as we get them. Mm-hmm. Can't be... Hopefully it couldn't be any worse and destructive financially than uh, ransomware has been. (laughs) (laughs) You hope not. What's your thing? You know, what do you think about AI and researching it? Uh, On the fence. I don't really have an opinion on it. I think it is definitely something that could be used in the future as a weapon, um, whether it's by uh, individuals, a group of individuals, or the country itself. I'm sure there's already countries working to weaponize it. I'm sure we're one of those countries. <laughs> so, um, I don't know if we're attacking it the same way we attack nuclear weapons in the sense that we like to work to defend against them mm-hmm. a lot more than we do and weaponizing them. Um, we, we'd rather tout off the fact that we can stop most attacks than carry out most attacks. Yeah. And, and that's good. I mean, if everyone focused on the defensive, then I, you know, be a pretty optimal situation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, it goes into de- different sectors, though, where you have art generating AI now and when you look at the art they make you I think there's lawsuits for uh, trademark and copyright because it's pulling off the internet and 
in the sense that it learns, it really can't learn its own artistic style based off somebody else's. It's taking bits and pieces of thousands of artwork with the given criteria that somebody inputs and piecing them together make something that looks unique but at the same time is stealing from other and the argument is well people look at other people's artwork and base theirs off of that but they aren't copying a single piece like stroke by stroke it's impossible to match somebody else's artwork in the sense of human hands whereas it's not impossible for AI to crop out that piece and put it there instead of here. True. I can see where that would be. And, uh, there's a lot of people that that could fall on, too. You know, the creators could try to put some safeguards in, but... I mean, I guess, where's the line? Someone's got to draw a line before we can, you know, do anything. Because there's not really a line, you know? It's... If I create something on canvas completely original and then I license it with a copyright, it's mine. Mm -hmm. Legally. But other than that, I mean, what else makes it yours other than you just saying, I I drew this, it's mine, if you don't have a copyright. So I think that's where it comes down to, like, just copyright your stuff and it wouldn't be an issue. But even if it is copyright, it's still pulling from that. And if the There's so no, so they're losing out on royalties from their art. Yeah. So what should be happening is whenever OpenAI, let's say for example, OpenAI uses um, in their learning models, they use a hundred thousand images from photo stock. Let's say a big photo online thing, and they determine that seventy eight percent of those photos are actually copywritten. Then I mean, yeah, they should have to pay a, a royalty to license to be able to use that in their learning software. At that point, I feel like you'd be fair then, right? Um, yeah, I mean, license, if it would pay royalties based on percentages of usage. So let's say it took 5% of this, so 5% of what the whole royalty would have been to the artist gets kicked back to that artist. I think the problem is people are spending weeks making art in the hopes that it will make them money, and then it's getting ripped off into something else by AI. And it's free, so people are going to use it. So they're not not trying to target the audience. They're trying to target the companies that are running these AIs. Yeah, and that makes sense, then. They do need to do better at regulating what their AI is producing. I mean, they they clearly have a sense on it. I mean, I don't want to get too far off the topic, but, I mean, uh, you go into chat GPT, for example, and it specifically says that it's it's behind in data. I think it's two years behind data. It's based in 2021 somewhere. So... That's where its knowledge ends. But they hard-coded things into it, like certain things that it should generally know. But like if you asked that something very, very, very particular that just recently happened in like your area, it probably doesn't know about it. So 
they've to an extent they've done filtering because you can't type in like hate speech or something very bad like i don't know how to say this for lack of better terms if you're it knows if you're not being morally realistic in your questioning and it will just simply shut down and say yeah i'm not answering that in a sense long story short it's not going to answer you if you ask something crazy like where do i bury a body it's (laughs) it's going to tell you you need to probably uh seek some help there (laughs) 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 so 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 circling back they do have a certain level of filtering but they're not fully like it's they don't have it worked out yet i guess are they working on it's the question and if they are it's really no fault then i mean it's just new at least that that would be where i'd go with that now with all that controversy (laughs) i think that leads us into our next tech 101 topic I'm pretty excited to jump into that. Uh, what do you have for us with the chat GPT and the other AI? So, I think it's definitely a useful tool, but it's also a very good workaround. If you think about it, people are getting out of doing things by using these tools, which, I mean, that's cool, but... At the same time, you got people going to become something like a doctor, per se, and they have to write an essay. They can just put whatever the topic of the essay is. Like, I'm cool with people being, like, on our level. Probably not my level. With what I'm going back to school to do, I don't think you should really be using ChatGPT for that. But, like... (laughs) For you, if it can spit you out code that works perfectly, that's a very useful thing. Yeah, I think it's... Like, from what I know from you writing code, it's a lot of trial and error and fixing the bugs as they pop up. Yeah, you write one one and then fix 12 things. (laughs) Yeah. If it can give you bug-free lines of code... That's highly useful. Yeah, it's not reinventing the wheel is very useful. And that's, I think that's a big obstacle in the field. And a lot of people, whenever you go into it, you want to be original. But to what extent do you say, okay, this is going to cost me six months of development time for me to do, or I could use this framework and not recreate the wheel. I can use that framework but I'm going to add this stuff to it, and that's the value I'm adding to it. That's how I'm making it different. It's not theirs anymore. But then you you know, you know, license their framework, and you give credit where credit's due. If they tell you that they want their logo on your finished product, then you know, you got to work that out with them if you don't like that. But, yeah. I think it leads into the question... Can AI overtake the software engineering field? Would it get to a point where you just need people to manage the AI 
and you don't need people to raid the code anymore. Could it cancel out that sector? Which is scary. I, the thing for you, being that that's your field, could it get yeah. to a point where you just have people working on the AI and not coding anything else? Well, I think you already kind of see that to an extent. Um, there's... Hmm, how do I explain this? So there's, if you look at the field from a a career seeker perspective, you have all the different levels. Let's say you start at maybe like a an entry level call job. It's very very basic. They're going to take you in, train you for two months, and then they're going to throw you to the wolves, and you're going to be talking to people and helping them out. But then you go all the way up through, and you need a bunch of different degrees or paperwork or experience or proven experience and proficiency, whatever whatever it takes, you start climbing the chain in the computer science field. And then you get into stuff like software engineering. It's like, wow, it's a pretty high level. You know, it's not easy, for sure. I, I don't know if everyone could do it necessarily uh unless they put a lot of effort into learning it it's, it's definitely not easy for anyone yeah. but on top of that um you get it you the the fields have leveled up even beyond that because they used to be the end-all be-all like that's the high paying you know if i could became a games developer or work for facebook or one of the fang companies you know you're and get big high up in one of them companies, you're doing great. Well, now there's data scientists. And those guys, I, I'm seeing contracts in the Bay Area for millions of dollars per year. They're getting paid in salary. And that's a, that's extremely nice. <laughs> um, you know, software engineers, I think they're running an average of, like a national average of 100, 100K a year maybe. I could be way off now. It's been a while since I looked. But, <laughs> I mean, they, they got paid pretty handsomely in a lot of areas. I don't think in maybe like California or New York City that was very outstanding. But like in, in Pennsylvania, it's pretty outstanding. Um, yeah. Not a lot of jobs here pay that. So that's a pretty high-level job. But then you start looking at data scientists. And I don't think a lot of people around here even know that that's a title. I don't even know if we have a lot of data scientists in Pennsylvania. I, I haven't ever checked, and I'm in that field. <laughs> but that's not my branch. They do a totally different job than than what I've been trained in. So, and it's, it's it's interesting. I mean, when you have people like Elon Musk who's coming out saying that there's a pretty good risk with AI and I think he actually said it's more dangerous than nuclear weapons which is kind of an interesting statement to make and we're talking about a guy who wants to put chips into people's brains basically have a whole link up between the human brain and the internet and I don't know how that works but well I there's two ways you can approach that. I mean, are you, are you talking, you know, it's contradictive of him to say that because it's like, well, look at what you're doing. I mean, there's got to be a certain level of AI in some of his companies. I, I would imagine a Tesla isn't completely 
just self-written instruction that some a, a team of software engineers just hard code that I'm sure there's a certain level of AI somewhere in a Tesla or you know in SpaceX those rocket ships and and all of that technology there's got to be some AI in there it's 2023 it would, just makes sense I would say it's that but it's also the fact that it's the person who it's coming from mm-hmm. somebody who many believe helped out the industry a lot mm-hmm. like you said with Tesla and it having an AI learning system in it that allows the car to drive itself and make decisions based on what it sees in front of it and its surroundings. Yeah. For somebody like that to come out and say that they have fears of it, it kind of... Now, everyone has fears, but for him, it kind of sends the message that, hey, this isn't something that we should just mess around with. We should take it serious. And I mean, yeah. that's that's a lot of things in science. You just don't go into a chemistry lab and start mixing things together. Yeah, exactly. that something bad doesn't happen. Yeah, there's got to be safety procedures involved. I mean, and, and what those safety procedures are, I think that's up for debate right now. Um, but outside of us, I think that's... Who would regulate that? You know, is there they're a, uh, I guess, global entity that regulates the internet or software industry as a whole some kind of central that could maybe take that on <laughs> yeah don't not I mean global entities in themselves just not great they really don't work yeah but to, at some point the line has to be clear to people you know where you know what what am I allowed to do with it? Right now, I'm allowed to do anything with it as far as I know. You I know, if I go into the... That, that, that falls to the FCC. Yeah. For but us. Is, but as far as research goes, from the research level, at the research level, you know, the engineer working on, let's say me, I'm sitting here at my computer, I have an API key, I'm, I'm pissing around with uh, OpenAI. I'm using the DaVinci language model for it. And let's say, you know, I loop it back to itself and and create a second instance of it. Now I have two AIs talking to each other after I initiate that. Um, That right there would be deemed extremely controversial. And a lot of people would be very frustrated with me if they knew that I did something like that. Mm -hmm. Um. And I think that's what he's talking about because it's, you know, that could be very dangerous. It could be very harmless. We really don't know. But um, companies like Facebook, they had this happen and anomalies arose and they shut it down. And I think with bigger companies that have the, I think it comes down to money, you know, they have finances to hire the best of the best. They have senior level engineers and data scientists and this and that whoever from around the world has whatever reputation for being perfect at what they do they have people like that working on it and they shut it down so i think that's where people like elon and that believe in that general idea that needs more regulation 
are coming from this perspective. If a company that well-versed and a company that you should be willing to trust doing that, shut it down, maybe other smaller individual people shouldn't be, like myself, shouldn't be playing because I could technically do whatever I wanted to do according to the terms of service that I'm bound to with utilizing OpenAI's API. Yeah. So other than that, that's the only regulation I have. I think with this, it's, it's like epidemiology and virology. You're one step away from going from scientific funding to Department of Defense funding. Mm-hmm. You're on that line of having something help science and help humanity as a whole to building something to destroy humans. <laughs> yeah. Because it's going to go everywhere. I mean, AI trickles out in the fields. It's trickling out into healthcare. It's trickling out into... Uh, uh, what other fields we got? Marketing. That's It's taken over with marketing, helping with SEO queries and things like that. Um, even building websites, it, it's taken over web development to an extent. I mean, it's still nice to have that custom option, but one way or the other. it's trickling out and I think we're going to see this effect and you know as it trickles out hopefully it trickles out slowly and we can keep things under control and just kind of roll with the punches absolutely so but anyways I think that is that for Tech 101 this week a couple projects going on but we'll get there here in a couple weeks. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, let us know in the comment section your thoughts on AI. Does it scare you? Do you think that there should be more regulations? And if so, what sort of regulations do you think we should see? Yeah, and if you're working with it or anything, definitely share. Um, you know, maybe we can work together. Uh, we get a bunch of different developers that are playing with it. So, get a little forum or something community going on. Oh, yes. So, well, that brings us to our next thing. I think, I think that's for you to spearhead. Oh, I will spearhead that. Don't you worry about <laughs> that. Uh, have some more little personal conversations, you know. little conversation starters and let people will into our lives a little bit more and I mean got a good list of what to discuss but I'm gonna pick one that's on that list. Anything interesting happened with you this week? Anything you'd like to share? The stories? Mm, wow that's rough. Let me think about that one for a minute here. <laughs> <laughs> it's Every week, there's so many things. <laughs> you got one off the top of your head. Oh, man, I got one. All right, go for it. It's just... So, I'm at work the other day, right? I'm hanging out in the office, talking to one of the people that I like to hang out with at work, and I just see a guy walk in with a full gallon of milk and just start chugging out of this gallon. Like I've seen people have gallons of water and gallons of ice tea. I have never seen somebody just drink milk. 
Like, there's something that slightly disturbs me about that. I don't think it's uh, good for you. Like, it, to down, like, if you just drank a gallon of milk, pretty sure you'd, you'd throw up, don't you? Isn't that a thing? I, I would throw up personally, yeah. <laughs> it's a lot of milk. Quite a bit of milk, yeah. Mm. Like, I can't. A small bottle of milk, but a whole gallon, and I don't even know if it was one. This dude could have just had this milk all day sitting out. <laughs> like it was one of the field guys. <laughs> don't know if he's out there doing construction. Like I get it's well, March now, February when it happened, but like it's still sunlight. Yeah. Warms it up a little bit there. <laughs> Definitely above 41 degrees. So, yeah, it's not healthy. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I, I know people like that milk with their dinner and stuff, but a whole gallon? Why? It just, yeah. <laughs> I don't get it. I don't know. I don't drink milk. I don't know if I'd ever need a gallon in one in with me at any given time, though. <laughs> you don't drink milk? So, no, I don't drink milk, actually. Do you and it's not because I'm, I do. I eat it dry. It's like a snack to me. What the hell? I don't actually eat cereal. Oh, if you were to ask me, do I eat cereal? No. Like, I do eat it, but, you know, it's not a weekly grocery go get, you know, I need life cereal this week. Like, it's not like that. But um, it's it's just by choice. I just uh, just generally don't want to drink it. It's not that I'm, like, vegan or, or um, you know, I could try almond milks and stuff like that. It just generally you know i don't need anything that i eat milk in is flavored and masked with something else like cheese or <laughs> whatever so yeah uh, not lactose intolerant or anything i just prefer to stay away from milk is there a story behind this like the shrimp no there's it's not like the shrimp or Anything like that, generally avoid it. <laughs> if you were to give me a glass of milk, I'd, I'd be like, man, that's rough. I'd really appreciate it, but I don't drink this. And I wouldn't try to drink it, it's the thing. Like, it's it's not even doable. It's not even debatable. Yeah, I've heard about those. Nah, be all right. <laughs> Did you come up with anything interesting? <sighs> Try to top that milk story. It's kind of hard. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I come out you with some random guy drinking a whole gallon of milk. What do you got? So, I have a simple bitch for this week. That's what I got for you. It's not even, I don't even know if it's funny. It's just a bitch, and it's with you. So here I am, 
$100 into an Apple developer license so I can write Apple code and work with their APIs. And all I needed access to was their Apple API so I can make an Apple bot so that we could listen to Apple music on our Discord. Because, you know, YouTube and Discord are friends now and we're not allowed to do the YouTube bot anymore. So that's fine. Let's go write an Apple bot, I says. <laughs> About nine hours into it, Anthony comes into the chat and says, huh, our current bot already works with that and it pulls from Spotify, too. <laughs> So I mean, I'm sitting here nine hours in, a hundred dollars down. Now, granted, I got it through my educational, like it was paid for because I'm in, actively in college. But I'm like, you're kidding me right now. <laughs> I mean, on the plus side, you so, have Apple API. Huh? Yeah. yeah, I do have. So we'll see about maybe some future. Uh, <laughs> Maybe some iPhone stuff or a tablet thing, or we'll see. We'll see what happens. Maybe nothing. But... Sits there on a shelf, <laughs> just for a year. You gotta pay a hundred a year, but <laughs> just for a year. <laughs> which leads us into our next topic for this, which is: What is your favorite TV show all time? Favorite TV show? I am. I'm gonna say I'm gonna go with childhood because I like adult life now. It just changes all the time. But I would say my favorite childhood TV show was Drake and Josh. Growing up, I just loved that show. It was a good time. One episode a day, and they had you hooked. There was never a Drake and Josh like marathon, and whenever there was, you were home. <laughs> you were not fucking around for the Drake and Josh. I mean, we built cabins. We'd walk like six miles to the ice cream store and play around at the local dam and things like that. But whenever Drake and Josh had a marathon, nah, <laughs> we're, we're sitting inside watching that. <laughs> oh yeah. I mean, what about you? oh man, <laughs> it's so hard. I mean, you can come up with any criteria like I did childhood. Or yeah. just in general, what's your favorite recent one? See, Netflix is so hard to choose. It's like, I need, a genre. I need a genre. Give me a genre, I'll tell you something. Mm, okay, what's your favorite comedy from between 22 and 23? And now, basically this year and last year. So, favorite comedy show. I'm trying to think what I watch. I mean, I've always been huge into that 70s show. Okay. We could roll with that. For comedy, that's the winner, in my opinion. I mean, I like King of the Queens. It's a good show. Okay. See, drama's where I get caught, dude, because everything's damn drama. I know. It's like you've got Breaking Bad, Sopranos, Game of Thrones. Those are my top three all the time. 
in terms of like CGI and just the feel, Game of Thrones takes that easily. Yeah. But they fucked the last season. Like, that last season, it's the same with like all their shows. Like, the last season of Breaking Bad wasn't that great. Last season of Sopranos wasn't that great. Well, the last season of Sopranos was good. The last episode of Sopranos sucked dick. Crappy <laughs> ending. I mean, I haven't. I've watched bits and pieces of Sopranos over the years, and ma- many people have told me the same opinion. Is like, I love it. You need to watch it. It's the best thing in the world. Like, I've had a lot of people say that. Oh, it's a good show. Uh, but I'm like, I, I've only watched bits and pieces. I don't know. I I haven't been hooked into it yet. I feel like once that hook's set, then I'll just like devour it. It's like anyone else at Netflix binges. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I haven't watched any of those, like, recent shows on Netflix or anything like that. Like, the Dahmer show, never watched it. Yeah, I'm not super on the hype train. I mean, I left out glaring things for going off of Netflix here and Stranger Things. Like, I can't wait for the next season of that. It's, I believe it's the final season, which sucks. Yeah. But it's a good show. Yeah, Stranger Things has been excellent. Um, how about this? If you could interview anyone, whether they are alive currently or not, who would you interview? That's that's a rough one. Fifty names right now. <laughs> Who's the first one that comes to mind right now? First right person, now. right now. First person that comes to mind. Right, you gotta ask me again. Just ask me the question again. I got you an answer. All right. If you could interview anyone, dead or alive, who would you interview right now? Theodore Roosevelt. Okay. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about Theodore Roosevelt. Why are you choosing? Dude was a badass. Okay. Like, he, he went through some shit. Like, his life was not easy. <laughs> uh, his wife and mother died on the same day, minutes apart. That's a pretty fucked up experience to go through. I mean, after that, he was like, all right, going to fuck off to the wilderness. And then we got our national parks because of that shit. He wasn't fucking around, built a fucking good-ass Navy, coming out of a country that was bullied when it came to navies. We sailed that bitch around the world, and we're like, yeah, we're here, motherfuckers. <laughs> like, the dude had some balls. He got shot. <laughs> and his speech stopped the bullet, but he still had a good flesh wound on him. Which okay. mean, early 1900s. Like, that's easily deadly. So, not out, so, I mean, he was a badass. No, if you could take one thing from him, like, you and him are sitting in a room that is completely just soundproof, it's you and him. There's no one else in the world right now, it's you and him. What would be the one thing you would ask him that would benefit you right now in this this day and age? Well, it's a good question. 
And I'm mm-hmm. thinking about it too. Like, what would I ask? Like, you know, you know, what would be beneficial? I'd honestly, you know, what for motivates me, you? Yeah, kind of something about like personal. Like, what's it like? Just explain a day to me for like, what's it like to be you for a day? When you wake up in the morning, what makes you get out of bed and go? Let's get it. Yeah. That always interests me because people have different answers to that. Yeah. And especially from that, being from such a different age, be really interesting. That that would just amplify it there. So how about you? Who would you choose to interview? Tesla. That's simple for me. It's one of the most interesting people ever, especially given a lot of conspiracies that are believed based around his science and research and why he was, you know, executed. I'm not trying to say that any of that's factual, but I mean, I'm sure everybody's heard at least part of the story and controversy over the, was it Nikola Tesla? Um, and how we could potentially have electricity. So with that theory being said, I guess if I could take him with what he knows now and I could just simply like talk to him or just like, let's say I could just tap into his memory in a sense. So I would bring him back and I would be able to talk to Tesla and I would ask him straight up about his research. You know, how does it work? What is it? Can you and then I would do everything I could to try to recreate, and I'd, I'd have him prove it. And if it was true, then I might be in a situation, I guess. But <laughs> <laughs> it's worth knowing. That's so interesting. Imagine if there was just infinite amounts of like electro wireless energy, or not even a, infinite amounts of electricity that is distributed wirelessly. That would be amazing. Yeah, man. And it's made cheaply with, like, barely any non-renewable reasons. Like, it's a perfect situation. I don't know. That's what you hear. I don't know. (laughs) Is it true? (laughs) That's the question. But that's who I would bring back, I think, at the least, if I didn't get anything out of him. He's a very interesting engineer and physicist that could, you know, I could probably learn a lot from. Mm -hmm. So, if you could put yourself in any fictional town or like fictional setting, where would you choose to live? If I could live in any fictional. Yeah, so like Samsung's are in Springfield, something like that. Yeah, I'm thinking. I would honestly say Gilinor, which is the map of RuneScape. <laughs> Gilinor. Because I know it so well. I would be able to just go in and start chipping away at my 99s, but in real life, no. 
This is my life now. Yeah, I mean, but Zarek would just, I don't know, get home. Like, you going to go do that in real life? <laughs> yeah, I mean, get my twisted bow and go in there and solo home. <laughs> get my four to, what is it, four to one going with my, or three to one going with my sight. Yeah, but if you get set in real life, there is no respawning. Yeah, it's why you just got to be good. <laughs> Kid. Period. Hit you with the acid phase. I don't know. I don't feel like that'd be fun in real life. Yeah, I mean, getting teleported randomly to a different location and taking a massive amount of damage doesn't sound cool either, but, I mean, it happens. <laughs> You do it for the purple. Oh, yeah. If anyone doesn't know what that is, the purple purple chest is what you... It's a really big deal if the chest is purple. Long story short. Try to think. Anyway. It's hard. Because there's so many, you know. Yeah. I'm thinking like the like I was looking through a lot of video games even. I'm like mm. I'm not thinking about Sunnyvale. I'm not one of the Sunnyvale. Yeah. Not with the trailer parks. No. A lot of shit goes down. <laughs> I feel like I'd be like Donnie in that situation. <laughs> Just screaming with all the camera. <laughs> What the fuck? <laughs> no. Anywhere. Hmm. Gotta think about some video games. Yeah. Well, instead of like you have yeah, to live there. Some what? What's okay? Instead, so this is really hard. Like, what? What's a place you would visit? Like, what's the? One place you would really like to visit just to check it out that's fictional. Maybe if we rephrase that a little bit. Does that help? I mean, back in the high school days, we used to have a Minecraft server. Had a pretty cool fucking house on that one. That'd be cool <laughs> shit. But nah, um, fictional. Some place to visit. Like, there's a lot of places. Like, I wouldn't mind visiting Springfield itself. Yeah. I mean, you go down to Myrtle Beach, they have that quickie mart. You can get the donuts and the slushies. The, the slushies are bomb. See, what I like is the towns are so perfect. Like, you know, you watch, like, Family Guy or something like that. The towns are just, like, there's the bar, and there's the pharmacy, and there's the one store, and everyone knows each other, and everything's okay. There's no bad real life drama like it's it's all just fine yeah I get that so you should go back to the 70s show I would like to voice it in Queen Place but have to be in the 1970s to make it make it good <laughs> then I'm trying to think what do I watch it's like 
everything's kind of more realistic nowadays with things like New York City's New York City. Albuquerque is Albuquerque. I don't know if I want to go back to the Game of Thrones times. That's the thing. Yeah. It's like to be kind of rough. Like, what are you eating? Yeah, you know, nothing tastes good. Nothing smells good. It's just, you know that right off the bat. Life isn't great. But I mean... Oh, I just had something. Man. This downfall of the ADB and ADHD. Tell you that much. <laughs> oh, man. It's going to bug me. I had an answer. Now it's gone. What the hell? Sorry. That's, it's a rough one. Honestly, whenever I... It took me a minute, but I was like, it's got to be yours. I've spent so many years of my life playing that. I have to visit that. Man. See, it's definitely not Hawkins. That was not what I was thinking of. That's a horrible idea. Get yourself involved with some shit. What the hell, man? It's just gone. It was there, now it's gone. What about, like, um, the school Harry Potter went to? Like, with all the history and books and all that stuff? No, 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 fuck that. <laughs> I haven't watched Harry Potter. That's a controversial thing right there. I've only watched like two or three of them. You know what, man? I'm going to fucking answer this. Truthfully. They don't have a damn city, but I don't know where the hell Minions is from, but I like Minions, so <laughs> I'd hang out with them. Pretty, pretty chill guys. I like bananas personally, so get along. That yeah. is my official answer there. Wherever the minions are, I will go. So I'm going to Gilinor to fight the Great Ulm eventually, and you're going to hang out with the minions. Oh, yeah. Really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like you have an easier path than me. Probably. Somewhere along the line. But yeah, I believe that leads us into our final topic of the night. We head over to Dark and Unsolved. Yeah. With two unsolved murder cases that kind of reflect themselves in part due to the job and also the location of them happening. So we're going to be covering Jonathan Luna and Ray Grecar, um, both of which were prosecutors, one on the county level, one at the federal level. So we'll start I'm trying to remember who. I think it was uh, Jonathan who was first. So we'll start with Jonathan. Um, 
Jonathan was United States attorney out of Baltimore. Um, from what I know, pretty smart kid. I don't think he was in his 40s yet, and to be at that level in that career, you would have to be smart. So, father had two children. Um, So, his story is, um, trying to remember dates, I think it was December. Um, he uh, left his law office, and this is where it gets sketchy. So, 11.38, he leaves his the courthouse and gets on I-95. So, from I-95 in Baltimore, he goes up through Delaware, and then he starts... At first, he was using his Easy Pass, so if you don't live on the East Coast and you don't live in our country. Easy Pass is an electronic device. You fill it up with a certain amount, and you just drive. You don't have to stop to get a ticket, pay. And I mean, you don't have to stop pay nowadays, but before COVID, that's what you would do. You'd pay at the toll booth and move on. With Easy Pass, you don't have to do that. So, eventually, after three toll interchanges, he starts buying the tickets. At 12.57, so midnight on the 4th, $200 was withdrawn from his bank account at the JFK Plaza near Newark, Delaware. He then crossed the Delaware River toll bridge and got onto the turnpike. And his debit card was used at a gas station in King of Prussia, which kind of weird, being that King of Prussia is like a 10-minute drive from my house. <laughs> um, after that, he exited the turnpike at the Reading-Lancaster interchange. Uh, the toll ticket from this toll had blood on it, which they... So they suggest that at this point he was already injured. He then parked his car at the back of a Sensig and the Weaver Well Drilling Company in Denver, Pennsylvania, which was then later driven into a creek. Um, this was around 4 a.m. at 5 a.m. The first uh, employees from that drilling company noticed the car and a they saw that blood was smeared over the driver's door in the front left of the car. Uh, Luna himself was face down in the stream under the car engine. He was wearing his suit and his court ID still. A pool of blood was found on the rear seat floor. And he was stabbed 36 times with his own pocket knife in the chest, neck, and had a head injury. However, his cause of death was drowning. They never really had a motive, nor have they concluded that he was murdered. The coroner did consider his case a homicide. Um, what's weird to me is that 
the FBI wanted to call it a suicide. So, I don't understand. If you're going to do that, you normally don't stab yourself 36 times. Yeah, I don't know if you could... Wouldn't your brain stop you after, if you could even do it? If you wouldn't you eventually end up in shock or something else happened that, like, stops you? Yeah, I mean... It's just eventually you're either going to decide you want to do it or don't do it. I don't think it takes 36 times and then drowning yourself to make that decision. Also, yeah. there's blood on the back seat floor, which kind of points to him being there and laying there. Yeah, like um, somebody wounded him and then took his car with him in it. Yeah, I mean, this is a prosecutor charging people who aren't such great people, who probably have ties to people that could pull this off. So, if you think about it, there's a lot going for the fact that he was probably murdered rather than committing suicide. I mean, somebody as smart as that knows what they have to do to end their life. They're not just going to stab themselves senselessly 36 separate times. No. It doesn't seem right. I guess um, their basis of that is the fact that Luna had a credit card and his wife did not know about it and he was also on an internet dating site. So their story is that he wanted to fabricate a kidnapping and he went too far with it. Okay. I mean, if I was going to make up being kidnapped and beaten up, I wouldn't stab myself 36 times, though. Maybe I mean, five at most. What's the access? I mean, you're going to die, so what's the point? I don't know. Like, you wouldn't park yourself some random place in Denver, Pennsylvania, which, not much going on in Denver. I mean, we have a friend that works there. But outside of that, not much happening in Denver. It's a very small town. The only thing that makes it significant is the company that he works for and the fact that Fahrenheit runs adjacent to it. So you're not going to pull off in Denver. Um, I mean, it's just the pool of blood, dude. It's Why is he laying... In, I guess if he is faking being kidnapped, but the same time, if he's not tied up or anything like that, if you're just wounded, you could have escaped. Yeah. I mean, you think about it, it's like, it, it I, definitely doesn't add up it, to me. <laughs> it just feels like something else is going on. Like, there's a cover-up trying to be pulled off. Maybe he pissed off the wrong people within the government. Who knows who he had something on or maybe he had information that he was going to leak. Something like that. You never know with these situations. I'm so, like it's, that's a lot to wrap around. It's 
So it's still just remained unsolved. They're still taking info and it's still open, right? Yeah. I mean, PA crime stoppers will like any information that you have, if you have any at all on that case. I mean, it's just a very interesting. Yeah. I guess looking into it deeper, they said he had shallow wounds, which are consistent with what are called hesitation wounds. And he was going to be taking a polygraph test concerning $36,000, which disappeared from a bank robbery case that he had prosecuted. There's some stuff going on in the background. Yeah, but there's a lot easier ways to go about removing yourself from the equation. I mean, somebody with his intelligence could have easily just disappeared. Yeah, definitely points to different. Yeah, I feel like there's definitely something in the malicious sense going on in this case. I don't feel as if this was a suicide. I think this was more or less a homicide. And he knew something, or if he did take the money or help somebody take the money, it could have been the other person. Easily. That's the, they say that stuff happens all the time. So criminals will team up, and in the end, that you know, whoever's they turn on somebody. Yeah. So that is the story of Jonathan Luna. Moving on to Ray Grecar, which happened uh, two years later, two thousand five. So, he was a district attorney in Center County, Pennsylvania. So, for those of you outside of state, that is where State College is. That's where Penn State is located. Um, the car disappeared at 11.30. Uh, the last known contact, he let his wife know that he was going to be driving through the British Valley area. Uh, he did not return home, and she reported him missing. The following day, they found his red Mini Cooper in the parking lot of an antique store. The car contained his cell phone, which was turned off, but his laptop, his keys, and wallet were not in there. They didn't identify any signs of foul play. Um, there. He was parked by the Susquehanna River. And it's good to note that his older brother had committed suicide by jumping off the bridge there in a similar location. Um, Days after the discovery of the vehicle, they searched the river, its banks. They didn't find him. The dogs around his car suggested that he probably got into another vehicle with someone else. Um, They monitored his bank accounts, any credit cards, cell phone, but nothing was found from that. Uh, July 30th, fishermen discovered his uh, laptop in the river beneath that bridge, but its hard drive was missing. 
Divers searched that area for the next several days, but nothing else was found. Um, two months later, someone actually found the hard drive on the banks of the river, about 100 yards away from where the laptop was found. Um, it was badly damaged, and the data recovered was basically nothing. There was just no data there. Hard drive um, ripped out of it. Yeah. That's very so, interesting there. Here's a good one. They found out through going through the computer at his house that someone had searched how to wreck a hard drive and how to fry a hard drive. Okay. So the theory here is three mainly. Murder suicide or just getting out of town just going okay so medically there was no history of depression or suicidal thoughts and he was supposedly very upbeat and excited to retire um a lot of people link this to Jonathan's case being that they're both attorneys he had uh, just finished up on busting the heroin dealing rings. Uh, all the criminals concerned in that case were investigated to his disappearance for his disappearance, but nothing was found out of that. Um, so this is around the time where Jerry Sandusky had first been exposed and. I mean, he declined to prosecute, but this is way before that whole outcast of that. and So I don't think that played a part. Uh, his stepdaughter and his girlfriend were both asked to take a polygraph, which they both passed. Which leads us to the third theory that he just wanted to start a new life and disappeared. Um... He allegedly expressed interest in the case of a Cleveland police chief who disappeared to start a new life. Multiple sightings of him happened after his disappearance, uh, most notably in a bar in Wilkes-Barre, which is just north of State College, when an off-duty police officer claimed to have seen him watching a baseball game. It's also been uh, suggested that he had gone to Central Europe as he was fluent in Slovenian and has relatives there and has made trips there in the past. So, like, there's three theories for this dude and no evidence pointing to any three outside of circumstantial evidence. Like, there's no solid lead on what happened to him. You'd have to believe if he is in that river. I mean, it's a pretty big river, but something would have surfaced by now. With the amount of dives that were there, the amount of searching that was there. I mean, it's a heavily fished river in our state, so. And it's also a river that people go on, just boat around, jet ski, tube. It's a good recreational place, and nothing being found from 2005 on. I don't think he's in the river. I've leaned more or less to 
the fact that he wanted to start a new life or he was not killed in that river if he was murdered. Yeah. I mean, there it could be. He could have just went one off and he was done. That's where I, I, just, I lead to that. I don't know. See, what sucks is they didn't get anything off that hard drive. I feel like there probably was something on that hard drive that would have led us to know what happened. Yeah. I mean, it's pretty obvious that he wanted to destroy that hard drive if his girlfriend and his daughter both passed the polygraph test. I mean, you can pass them while lying. But I don't know what the percentage is, but I think it's probably above 75% accurate. I don't know. Yeah. It's, it's crazy. The it thing. just completely disappears. Wouldn't be the easiest thing, especially if you're really connected. The more connected you are, especially online. Yeah. I just think it's it. I don't know. People just leave behind their lives. Especially at his age. I mean, you're coming up on retirement. Yeah. Just retire and go do your own thing. I mean, if you don't want to be with your girlfriend, just tell her, man. You're not married yet. Just Maybe be like, hey, this ain't working out. I want to do my own thing. Maybe he was doing a little bit of pre-retirement planning and got wrapped up in something bad. Who knows? I mean, that can be the case. It's definitely not unheard of, especially with attorneys and district attorneys to get wrapped up in things that they shouldn't be. I mean, like any of us, they have needs and money's a big motivator. And when you see an opportunity to make a good bit of cash and you think you can get away with it because of your status and where you stand, you're going to take that opportunity, I guess. Mm Mm-hmm. But yeah, that leads us to the end of this episode. I believe it is. Uh, hit the end yet again. <laughs> I believe you're coming over this side, right? Yes. Next week. Yes, in the coming week, I'll be over there for a little bit. We'll so. be checking that out and. I think that's it for me here. Cody, signing off here for the week. Yes, uh, like always, like, subscribe, hit the notification bell, and we'll see you all next week. Thanks for listening, guys, as always.